everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the word tells us God will raise up a standard. But just how exactly? And through whom? If the battle belongs to the Lord, why even fight? To answer this and more is a woman who is the who's who of those willing to fight, raise the standard, raise awareness, engage the masses, and when all seems lost, keep engaging, fighting, petitioning, and mobilizing boots-on-the-ground action groups in support of Israel, the U.S., and the nations of the world in speaking truth to power and empowering others to do the same. Here to share this and more and her latest in those efforts is founder and president of PJTN.org, proclaiming justice to the nations, media veteran, producer, and host of Focus on Israel, reaching millions around the globe with her award-winning DVD documentaries, The Forgotten People, Christianity and the Holocaust, Israel Indivisible, Boycott This, Hating Israel, and more. In collaboration with Emmy Award-winning husband, director, and ministry partner, Stan Moore, please welcome my good friend, always a joy, Lori Cardoza Moore. Lori, welcome back to Testimony. Jensen, thank you so much for having me back. It's been so long, and it's just wonderful to hear your voice. Well, it's great to hear yours, Lori. First of all, how are you and your family doing in this COVID-19 era we all find ourselves in? And as a former homeschooling mother of five, how has this chapter in your life reinforced even more the importance of homeschooling, which really began the ministry of PJTN from your kitchen table to now worldwide? Jensen, you know, that's a great question. And to lead into this conversation we're going to have today, you know, I think the Lord was preparing us, even though we didn't know um, that it was preparation, but we were being prepared during another critical time in American history. And that was during the time of 9-11, because right before 9-11, we chose to homeschool our children, our five children. And um, of course, when 9-11 hit, it was like an answer. It was like God was already preparing us to bring our family home. We really didn't know what to expect after 9-11 happened. We weren't sure if another attack was going to come, another terrorist attack. And I remember saying to my husband at the time, of course, um, living in Nashville, um, I said to him, I said, Stan, I really believe God wants you to bring the, the business home. This is the production company. And he, he said to me, he said, no, he says, nobody does that. And, and we had the space, we had studio space, but... I finally convinced him we would save more money. I finally convinced him 
to come home. It helped me with the with educating the children. He helped me with math and science, and and I did the language arts with the kids. It was really a blessing because it was after that that our kids, as our kids were being raised, it was during that time after he came home that the kids, you know, it gave us full time with our children. It gave us time to have conversations with our kids about life. It gave us the time to dedicate to not just studying the academics, but studying the Bible and preparing our kids and equipping our kids. Well, now our children are much older. And, um, you know, one of them said to me the other day, we were talking about this whole COVID crisis era and how we really, you know, everybody's being forced to stay home, but we were already home. Our family was already together. We were already homeschooling our children. Um, You know, our kids grew up, but one of my daughters said, Mom, the unique thing about my life growing up was that I don't share my life with anyone because no one, none of my friends know what it's like to grow up being home and being with both your parents 24-7. And I thought to myself, wow, and she talked about what it meant to her. She has this unique thing that makes her different from everyone else. And so here we are in this COVID crisis era. And parents are, obviously, they were forced to come home, educate their children from home. And they were fearful. Am I going to be able to educate my child? Is my child going to learn anything? All the things, all the thoughts that go through your mind, the same thoughts that went through my mind when I decided to bring my children home. And of course, we were bringing our children home from being in a private Christian school because of their content, the curriculum that was being in, introduced in the school. And so we're in a very similar situation now because now as we're forced to homeschool our children, our families are all together. Some families are, are going back to work outside the home again. But for the most part, there are a lot of families that are still home, homeschooling their kids and working from home. So we were prepared back then for what we're having to endure today. So it it really didn't alter um, us much because we're already at home. Our whole world, you know, we, we, you know, travel, you know, that my travel is expensive. Um, Dan travels with me. Um, The kids now, of course, are living out on their own in different places. We still have two at home with us that are going to college. One just finished college and the other one has, has got three more years to go. But mm-hmm. now we've been able to adapt Jensen. And it wasn't that difficult to adapt even in that situation because after nine eleven we all remember it was it was a fearful time. We didn't know what was gonna happen next. And now we're in that situation again. Our country is is falling apart. We see chaos erupting in streets, and we see our children, now our, our communities are trying to grapple with whether they're going to open up the school building, and they're going to bring the kids back into the classroom. Parents who say, no, I don't want to, um, and others say yes. So it's, a, it's an interesting time, but it's a time that we are encouraging, I am personally encouraging parents to keep their children at home. To look at the content of what they're being taught. And that, if parents could just take the time to sit 
while their child is doing the Zoom study with their teacher in the classroom and look at the stuff that's being taught to the kids. It is a huge eye-opener. And many schools now, the teachers are all talking about, well, what do we do? Because these parents now are sitting in watching their kids and watching what we're teaching them. And how are we going to deal with this? Mm. It's a very disturbing time, Jim King. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Lori Cardoza-Moore, founder of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Uh, Lori, I want to touch on several topics in our brief time here today, one of which is the 1619 Project, Black Lives Matter. But I'd like to open up with your challenge to parents in challenging parents to, quote, do their homework. And a recent quote from you to this end, quote, we must take back America's children. The majority of America's youth, both black and white, seen marching in our streets today have not vague fathom of American history. The heroes or villains, or what has transpired politically, socially, or morally in America's past to establish the foundation they are protesting. American education has succeeded in producing a dangerously, quote, dumbed down new generation America that for the most part has totally lost critical thinking and is tragically devoid of the appreciation of freedom and the patriotism other generations died to preserve. Lori Cardoza-Moore, your thoughts. It's frightening to see what our country has come to. And, you know, a decade ago, we found a textbook. This all started um, about 10 years ago when we found a textbook with an anti-Semitic quote. But it challenged me to go dig deeper into that textbook. And not only did we find anti-Semitic quotes and anti-Israel content, we also found anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian, anti-West, anti-capitalism, pro-China, pro-Marxism, pro-socialism. And back then, Jensen, as you well know, we were sounding the alarm, telling Americans, if we don't get a handle on our children's curriculum, we are going to lose our constitutional republic because our children are not being taught that we are a constitutional republic worthy of defending. Instead, our children are being indoctrinated with hate, They are no longer, because of Common Core, this all goes back to Bill Gates, it goes back to Pearson Publishers, it goes back to McGraw-Hill, all because of Common Core, we have indoctrinated our children with anti-American hatred. Our children do not know our history. There are some teachers now who are calling for the removal of history from our education. They don't want to teach our history. This is outrageous, because if we don't understand who we are, or how our nation was founded, or who our founders were, we will never understand the role that we play in accomplishing the destiny for this nation that that is God-ordained. This nation, the United States of America, wasn't just a a, a well-thought-out plan by a group of men who decided to create this constitutional republic. It was ordained by God. The leaders, the founders, the framers of our Constitution were men of faith. They were men who were committed to their faith. It is why when we read the Declaration of Independence or the Federalist Papers or 
any of the founding documents, we see God interjected into everything. We have been working in the state of Florida, reviewing civics content, and it is unbelievable the lack of civic education that our children are being taught. Instead, as I said, Common Core teaches our children from the Reconstruction period, which is the period of slavery, the Civil War. We don't go back and teach our children about Columbus coming to the United States. We don't teach our children about the Puritans, how they came here, wanting to worship God in spirit and in truth. We don't teach that part of history. We don't teach how George Washington told a community, a congregation, um, a synagogue in in Massachusetts when they, after the American Revolution was won, they wrote a letter to George Washington and said, we as Jews do not fare well historically after revolutions. And George Washington went and paid a visit to the congregation and assured them that they too would be able to sit in peace under their own vine tree. George Washington was not going to tolerate anti-Semitism in America. He was a man of faith. He prayed our founders. When we, again, when we look at the, the way our founders drafted the documents, it comes out of the Torah, out of the first five books of the Old Testament Bible. And if we do not teach, when we eliminate that part, the important part of our history, then our children never see and they will never understand the unique destiny that America plays. The plan that God, Almighty God, had himself for this nation. And it was, I do believe, it was established because one day God knew, as he foretold to the prophets, he would regather Israel, he would bring her back into that land, and the United States of America stands as the sole nation that Israel has always counted on and always knew that the people of America, that the U.S. government would always stand at her side and always come to her aid. Amen and amen, Lori Cardoza-Moore. Next question, Lori. Talk about the 1619 Project, what this really means, and the danger of this, quote, fake history potentially becoming part of the textbooks our children read. Can you expound? Absolutely. Well, Genestine, unfortunately, there are many school districts and schools who have already adopted the 1619 Project. And for the audience that is not familiar with 1619, this is when the revisionists, the historical revisionists, would prefer that we start teaching these at this point in our history. And it's when they brought over slaves into the United States, into Jamestown. They want America's history to start at the advent of bringing the slaves here. The information, the content in the 1619 curriculum leaves out the fact that they were sold by, again, in black Africa, this was Muslims who were selling off black Africans into slavery. We don't teach, they're not teaching that part of history. They're teaching information that is inaccurate historically. They were called out to New York Times who published and received a Pulitzer Prize for this writing mm-hmm. on 
on content that is not historically accurate, but they and the writer were able to receive a Pulitzer Prize. And when they were called out by historians, they said, oh, well, we never intended it to be, you know, um, accurate. We just believed that this was going to be um, something that we felt was information that we should share. It was unbelievable, their argument as to why they, they published this. And unfortunately, despite the fact that the information in this curriculum is inaccurate and biased and hateful and, and, and ensures more hatred and resentment and bitterness, this is being adopted in these school districts across the country. Oprah Winfrey, who is a respected um, individual, she's going to take this and make a movie out of it. Well, I'd like to know from Oprah, she's going to use the revised version with accurate historical um, uh, information in it, or is she going to use the inaccurate example? We don't know if there's going to be anything accurate about it because they still are in the process of republishing it and rewriting it and trying to correct their errors. Unbelievable. But this is being adopted. Yes, it is. It's being adopted to be used in the classrooms. I just had someone earlier today who contacted me and said that her son came home and he is being taught that um, that that the white man always made fun, the southern white man always made fun of black men. What is that going to instill in our children? Number one, how can anybody even make a, such a suggestion? And in light of where our country is today, compliments, and I do blame the, the previous president, Barack Obama, because we didn't have an issue with racism in the United States of America until he became president and started to incite it and stir up. And that's exactly what 1619 Project does. It's exactly what Black Lives Matter curriculum does. It is based on hatred and false information. It's disinformation. They are, they are educating our children with propaganda to inspire more hatred and more resentment. Okay, now, Lori, you've written an exhaustive, quote, white paper report to present to, if you haven't already, to Secretary of Education, DeVos, who shared her thoughts publicly at a recent NRB 2020 convention briefing. What was the premise of that paper, and does DeVos, in your view, have the support to make effective changes in today's political climate? Your thoughts? Yes, Betsy DeVos, I, I do not know if she has received the actual white paper document. I have been told that the document has been passed on to the powers that be in Washington, D.C. Um, I noticed that President Trump, when he gave, he delivered his speech at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd, there were 20 statements that he made and um, words that he used that were in that, that white paper that was presented in Washington. Again, I don't know if he received it, but it was quite peculiar because some of the same things he referenced were some of the same statements that we had made in that white paper. Um, is it the federal government's job? to determine what curriculum is used on the state level? Absolutely not. In fact, what needs to happen is Betsy DeVos needs to step down 
And as she steps down, she needs to remove, she needs to call for the closing of the Department of Education. The Department of Education on the federal level has no business being, in fact, it, it was started by Jimmy Carter when President Carter came in in 1976. And ever since then, ever since he began, it has never, there's been, there have been plenty of presidents who said, in fact, Reagan was going to disband the Department of Education because education has always been addressed on a local level. It is a state and it is a county issue. It is not for the federal government. And that is what is why we, our children are indoctrinated today because President Obama brought in Common Core, compliments of the United Nations and Bill Gates, who presented the concept of Common Core at the United Nations um, summit. It was a G8 summit in Moscow back in 2006. And the United Nations adopted the concept. They loved it because it was going to be globalization of education, which was right in line with what the UN wanted. They want to educate children around the world from the same standpoint. They don't want there to be one nation that's more acceptable or better than any other nation, like the United States of America, God forbid. And so the UN convinced all of its member states to adopt Common Core. The United States did. President Obama was in office at the time. And so because of that, the the president in order to, because it's illegal, it's unconstitutional for the federal government to mandate that the schools or the states adopt this common core along with this curriculum, this propaganda, um, because the, these states are not required, they don't have to, he dangled the carrot. He offered common core along with a big, huge check from the federal government that if the states, if the governors adopt this curriculum, then they will get a check for their education. So, of course, the governors adopted it. They chose it. So they were able to get around that, um, the unconstitutionality of the federal government mandating education. So we are working in states across this country to remove Common Core because Common Core is the problem. Common Core is where the propaganda is coming from. We saw it recently. We just finished reviewing the civic standards in the state of Florida, and you can see the inaccuracies, the blatant omissions in civic content that our children are not being taught. They're not being taught about our constitutional republic. They think that we have we are a democracy, which we are not. And the children are not being taught about states' rights. The children are not being taught about um, the, the Second Amendment. Our children are not being taught all of these important things in, in order to understand what their rights are. They don't use original source documents. And because they don't use original source documents, they're forced to use textbooks published by um, publishing companies like Pearson. And Vincent, you probably recall that Pearson Publishers is not a U.S.-based textbook publishing company. Exactly. They are British-based. And their shareholders include the Islamist governments of Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and Libya. And Qatar was just, um, there was just an expose done on Qatar that they're funding terrorist activity. So we have a textbook publisher who, whose shareholders are funding terrorism around the world 
and they are the ones determining the content that is going to be in our children's textbooks. This is why parents, Jensine, must pull their children out of the public school system and and do not think because your children are in a private school or a Christian school or even a Hebrew day school, you have got to look at the content because a lot of the private schools are adopting what the public schools are using because it's cheaper for them. They're not thinking about what it's going to do to their children's minds. Amazing. You know, I spoke with political icon David Horowitz. He was a recent guest, his number one New York Times bestselling blitz, Trump will smash the left and win. And we talked about exposing the treachery of the Democratic Party and their alliances with the KKK, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, George Soros. The list goes on and sharing the real truth, Lori, behind these organizations and their political intent, which you are well versed. That being said, what can you share in our remaining moments with our secular Jewish friends who love Israel, its people, the land of the Bible, but are somehow swayed that voting, quote, democratic platforms are their answer when in fact they have been by all accounts their greatest opponent and proponent of anti-Semitism at its root? Your thoughts? My thought to the Jewish community is that many in the Jewish community are starting to leave the Democrat Party. I cannot tell you, Jensine, how many members of the Jewish community now will privately tell me on their own, um, in private, that they are leaving the Democrat Party, that they will not be voting um, for the Democrat candidate, whether it's Biden or whoever it's going to be, because we don't know at this point with everything that's going on, but they're going to they're going to give their vote to President Trump because they are starting to see the handwriting on the wall and many are starting to leave. There's an organization called Jexit, and it's Jews who are exiting the Democrat Party. And this group is growing. It is amazing. It's all women. And they are uniting now with Christian women, evangelical Christian women, and Jewish women are coming together. And we are standing. In fact, I was just invited to go to participate in a rally that they're going to be having in a couple of weeks. And they want us, yeah, they want us to come. We're all coming together to pray as women of faith and as mothers. And we're, you know, it reminds me of the Avengers movie, the last Avengers movie, when (laughs) all the women at the end of that big battle, all of a sudden it was all the guys fighting against the the chaos. But all of a sudden, all these women, all these women Avengers show up to fight that final battle. I'm like, this is what it's like right now. We've got women that are rising up. Amen. And they're saying enough is enough. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Lori Cardoza-Moore, founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, award-winning media veteran, producer, and host of Focus on Israel and grassroots mobilizers statewide and around the globe. You can learn more about Lori's work, ministry, and mission by visiting pjtn.org that's pjtn.org and get informed get involved and then help support you will be blessed and inspired that you did Lori thank you once again for sharing your critical insights and wisdom for the times in which we live and tumultuous 
They are in an election year with a pandemic worldwide and a nation literally at stake, and especially our children, the future of America. Your tireless efforts to eradicate anti-Semitism, false teaching, and fake history in our textbooks is the labor of champions, my view. Often thankless, politically incorrect, and if gone unchecked, ultimately catastrophic as history already has proven. Thank you for continuing to fight the good fight for our children, our greatest ally Israel, America, and ultimately souls for the kingdom when we do. We thank you and God bless you. Amen. God bless you too, Jensen. Thank you so much for having me again. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensen Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.